Life Audio. Oh, friend, have you ever used Psalm 37.5, commit your ways to the Lord and they will succeed as your dieting verse? Oh, we're going to go there today. My good friend, Amy Carlson, registered dietitian, 25 plus year eating disorder expert is with me. And we are looking at messages that are coming at us all, not from culture, not from the world, but from Christian influencers who you follow, who I follow. We see it go by on Instagram. We get it in our email And these messages are using scripture, perhaps to encourage disordered eating. And it's so messy because it feels right. It feels true. Maybe everyone learned it at church. But is it true? Is it good? Is it godly? Is it biblical? We are going to take a grace-filled approach today, but really do some hard examination of these messages coming at us all. I am glad you're here. Hey, it's not too late to be part of the Body Image Freedom Framework group coaching experience. Actually, I think I told you a couple episodes ago that the first meeting was that day, but we pushed it back a week. So there's still time if you're listening live release day. We are actually starting the last Tuesday in October with our groups. If you're a ministry wife, if you're a pastor's wife, if you are a minister, women's ministry leader, there's still an opportunity for you to get in a group that starts the first week of October and it's at a significantly reduced rate. All of my listeners can use the code FREEDOM this week only, and you can save $90, okay? $90 on the online course uh, option only. It's the Body Image Freedom Framework online course, 12 modules, so much good stuff for you to work through on your own. Save $90, use the code FREEDOM if you use it this week. And hey, if this episode rattles your cage, Shoot me an email, Heather at compareto.me. If this episode makes you go hooray and hallelujah, leave me a review because those reviews are what help other people listen to this show and find this show. Well, I'm glad you're here. Let's get right to it. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Amy Carlson, thanks for being on the Compared to Who show again today. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we have so much to dig into today. Today, you and I are going to talk about all of, well, to us, they're frustrating. I would guess 
that to most people listening or watching today, they're normal, right? But there's, there's a ton of messages out there that keep going by for me and going by for you that we're seeing, we're observing, we're friends, we're talking about this stuff and it's disturbing because these are messages about food and body that I'm going to say are wrapped in a Bible verse or wrapped in a, you know, biblical concept, but might be missing the mark completely. I, I don't, you know, Amy, your thoughts as we get started. Yeah, I think it's, it's really important to say that both of you and I have such a tender heart for this mm. because um, not only, you know, are we seeing it and, you know, sometimes texting back and forth and saying, oh man, this just hurts my heart but it's coming to us in our right client work. It's coming to us in very real tangible ways that, um, you know, a client will say, I got this in my inbox and I'm thrown. I'm, I, this is how I used to think. And now I'm so grateful. I don't, I'm getting freer and freer, but wow, this is somebody that I respect. This is, this is somebody that I read, you know, their books or, um, love their, their work. Or, or just this person I respect on, you know, a social media platform. And so I think it's really confusing and at, it's confusing at best. I think it's damaging at worst. You know, Amy, I so, so appreciate you saying that, right? Because everyone's experience with food is different. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to kind of lay it out there from the beginning that a lot of my listeners are restrictors. And by restrictors, I mean, they've gone on a lot of diets. They possibly have had disordered eating or a full-blown eating disorder, but that doesn't mean to say everyone listening is in that category. And so if you are not in that category, like there's a place for you here too, Mm -hmm. but just know that, that that's kind of the bend (laughs) We're we're kind of approaching, um, approaching this topic from a, I guess, perspective of someone who is more prone to restriction, but eating disorders run the gamut, (laughs) right? And, and that doesn't mean if you're not a restrictor that you haven't had an eating disorder, isn't that that food isn't something you struggle with. So with that as kind of the overall disclaimer, we're going to dig in to some of these things that we've seen go by. Our goal is not to bash anyone. I do sincerely believe that the women who are writing these things, posting these things like love Jesus, and they're Mm -hmm. trying to do this right. They're trying to honor God with this, but Amy, you've been an eating disorder specialist for what? 25 years now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and, and I think voices like yours aren't heard loudly enough when it comes to this messaging, like scriptures being twisted in such a way that is really missing the mark of, of what's happening for many women with food. And so we're going to dig right in. Oh, we got some (laughs) sticky stuff. And we're going to take a look at it right after this quick break. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. 
Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. First one, Amy, came to you through a client. Would, Would you mind sharing just a little bit of that story? Yeah, I do have her permission to share it. I'm so grateful. She's just such a lovely, lovely woman. She is a mom of four. And came to me sort of just needing as a referral, just, you know, really doing well and kind of really had, was, was choosing to kind of lean into what we call intuitive eating and um, just, just wanted some, some help from, from my perspective as a dietitian. Well, I, I quickly sort of uncovered in conversation. I always ask the question, tell me your story. I want to hear, how did you get here? Tell me your experience with food and body. You can start as early as you want. Well, in, in, in several sessions in the unveiling of it, I quickly was like, wow. And a lot of times I'll say, oh, send me a picture of, send me pictures at different ages. And I was startled at how thin she was as, and, and not self-reporting an eating disorder. And I said, in a very serious session we had, I said, no one ever told you that you had an eating disorder. And she said, no. In fact, mm-hmm. her history was one of deep restriction. What I would call, she had full-blown anorexia. Um, but what she got from the church, mm-hmm. from small groups, from other mothers was praise, just complete praise of you're so amazing. I can't believe how, um, you know, you can look so thin, you're, you know, as a mom and uh, just a lot of praise, just, just, and no one said, whoa, hey, darling, no older woman looked at her and said, hey, wow, are you okay? Like, this is, you know, what they saw was self-discipline. They saw such an, an active, like, wow, she eats healthy. And she's so from the church, from small groups, from, you know, older women, peers, she only got praise. So it was, it was shocking to her and we had to do a lot of work to go that that's an eating disorder. What, what that experience was. So she got something in her inbox and she said, I, I, I want to scream from the mountaintop. I, I'm so sad. And she said that would have reinforced for years. And it did reinforce for years that, um, wow, I'm, I'm doing this right. I'm, I'm controlling. I'm so self-disciplined and what she was, was undernourished, mm-hmm. underweight. Uh, her mind space was completely mm-hmm. taken up with this, not her, you know, children. And she said to, 
I, I can't believe this is still out there. And I didn't know, like that would have reinforced my behavior. Right. Now I'm so sad. And she said, can you help me even kind of dissect this? I'm, yeah. I'm help me understand because this is somebody I, I think is great, you know? And of course, exactly what you said, Lord, we just, we just honor the work of these women and, and their struggle and actually their struggle. But it was so mind boggling to me in a way that that language is still really out there in such significant ways that, that women it's reinforcing disordered eating at, like I said, at the least disordered eating. Yeah. And so what I'm going to read just a portions of it, and then we're going to kind of pause. I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase some of it just to kind of protect the anonymity of the person who Mm -hmm. wrote it. But essentially um, the, the scenario starts with one that I think every dieter can relate to, right? There's a piece of bakery deliciousness <laughs> sitting, yeah. sitting there and it's a family vacation scenario. And the person writes that at the time they were at the beginning of a no sugar adventure and had been doing, and I'm going to use air quotes around this, doing great at home, which we could assume means like avoiding sugar at home, but dropped into a place where there's lots of delicious bakery goods around them. And my mind could not even conceive of, well, everyone around me could eat a pound of sugar a day and still look fit and trim. So it it feels to me that this person believes that it's okay for other people to eat this stuff, but for her personally, because she won't look fit and trim after indulging quote unquote in the sugar, it's not allowable. So just from an eating disorder expert perspective, Amy, like what's, what's the problem with that? Like premise going into this? I'll start with two, (laughs) two things that stand out. Um, one is that we have to be really, really careful, especially if somebody has a huge following that anytime you articulate in a public setting, what your quote unquote food rule is, um, I have had women time after time come into my office and say, well, this author, this Christian author does no sugar, or this person does whatever. And it reinforces the eating disorder behavior in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just want to encourage, I just want to just put a, put a caveat pin in that to say, it is a really big deal. It's a really big deal when we call out what quote unquote food rules we're following. The other thing that I think is really important in that just very beginning premise is to say that the assumption is, and this is a huge deal. (laughs) I just, I just want to hold it so tenderly that it's okay. If other people eat a quote pound of sugar as long as their body reflects they are fit and trim, Mm. because that's the gold standard of what's okay with eating. Mm -hmm. How does my body reflect that? So if my body isn't reflecting that I'm eating a pound of sugar, then great. You're great. You're got away with it. That's okay with you for you. (laughs) Right. right? Um, But because I cannot look quote unquote fit and trim, then, then, then I'm bad or I need to control this where the other person doesn't need to pay attention to that because their body's not reflecting that. And that's, again, wow, that's a, we can go really deep into that. But I think what's really important is it sets up initially that the goal is to be fit and trim. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. And whatever your eating does to support that makes that eating good or bad. 
Whoa, that's a bad thesis statement, folks. That is a, that will ruin us. That will, that will drive us to insanity. That will Mm. keep us disordered in our thinking about food. Right. Right. Because the emphasis is on appearance. Yeah. Right. Which Mm -hmm. so to tie this back to a biblical perspective, right? Like where is that in scripture? Like, 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 no, it's never the appearance. It's never, (laughs) never the action. It's the heart. Right. So, okay. Let's, we, we could probably, like you said, we could spend half hour on that. Okay. (laughs) So, so this, the, the email continues, the person says they didn't want their family to miss out, which I think every dieting mom can understand, (laughs) right? Super relatable. Um, so she says she's fine and you know, like, Oh, please enjoy. But then internally she starts the wrestling match, which I think again, every dieting mom can understand Mm -hmm. It is the wrestling match of it's not fair. But then she starts teaching on it and talking about how like this, it's not fair is a temptation that Satan tricks us with into following, you know, into like deviating from God's path, which I think is true, right? Like I do, I do think that there are times when Satan says it's not fair and, and, and we go off. (laughs) Off-roading, if you will, from God's path, purpose, and plan for us because of that. Mm -hmm. But when applied to eating something with sugar in it, like what's, what's the challenge theologically there, Amy? (laughs) Like, why doesn't that, why doesn't, and she goes on to talk about like talking to kids about premarital sex and, you know, like kind of makes that an illustration of, you know, a time when, you know, maybe the kid says it's not fair that everyone else can have sex and I can't. And so goes for it. Like, why are those not the same scenario? Why, why are those two things different? It's an interesting implication because the implication maybe as parents would be, you know, teaching our kids about premarital sex might be, Hey, what is, where is God in this? You know, where, where is God in that? And, and like you said earlier, our motives maybe, um, and that our, our flesh has these deep desires, which by the way, in my office, we talk about God gave us those, those are God given desires Mm. to have sex, to, um, eat food that tastes good and, um, to enjoy food together in community. And one of the things that's so damaging about that, oh man, to, to put that even kind of in that same context is again, to imply for one, um, we would say, you know, premarital sex, Hey, let's look at that across the board as believers. I, you know, wonder what the consequences are of that. Boy, we're not in a covenant relationship and you know, we make it, and that's, pretty across the board. This implication is that for some of us, these foods are not allowed because they don't result in the body that we want. Mm -hmm. And therefore we are sinning Mm -hmm. that if we use Satan is tempting us to eat dessert with my family on vacation, that, that has some pretty big implications about my understanding of God's thoughts about my eating. And you and I had, had talked earlier that you know, this has a very against us approach Mm -hmm. that God is against us in this meaning, Hey, I, I'm against you eating that dessert with your family because you've committed to this way of eating. And so I'm against it. So it's like, Hey, you're on your own. You, 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 this is, this is my rule. This is what I've set up. And so 
Now use all these tools that I've given you to, to kind of manage that. And wow, I've had this victory because I was able to, to, to kind of withstand it rather than having a with God approach, mm. which is God, Emmanuel, God with us, God in the garden, God together with us, which is to say, God, I'm inviting you into this space and we're doing life together for teaching our kids about premarital sex or enjoying food and eating and also using the balance of, and you and I will for sure, I know, talk about moderation, but it is a very against, it's a very individual pursuit. It's a very, um, you know, that's your goal versus a with God approach, which is a very different understanding of how does God care about my food? You and I've had this conversation in here, I think before, um, does God care? He cares about me mm-hmm. and he has a with God approach and, and, and to live life with God means of course he cares about that. He cares about yeah. how you feel and you're distracted in that moment. And, um, you know, he cares that, that we're in bondage to food rules or to dieting. And so he does care. He yeah. does care. Yeah. Well, as I think about it, it's, it's like, there is this standard that has been set up that I hear Christian leaders talk about all the time in terms of maybe integrity (laughs) or, or self-control, which we did two episodes on self-control and what that really means. But, but it's this standard of, if I set forth a rule for myself, Mm -hmm. then it is integrity to keep this rule I have set for myself, which I, I guess it is, but then what gets so muddied and complicated and messy is why are we setting up all these extra rules for ourselves? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like, like what, like, what is that? Oh, well, as I think about it, the, the Pharisees did that, right? Because yes. they looked at God's law and they were like, whoa, I don't know if we can like figure out how to like follow God's law. Yeah. So we're going to add like, what was it? 600 different extra yeah. rules to make sure we follow God's law. And so the heart behind following God's law, like a law, like the yeah. Sabbath, right. Became like, you know, <laughs> if you're starving, you don't get to pluck any grain, yeah. right? Like right. it just took <clears throat> it way too far. And then mm-hmm. Jesus came in the new Testament and tells us that we're free under grace yeah. to follow him. Yeah. And he's not going to contradict God's law ever. Right. But, but these other laws, the thou shalt not eat sugar is not in my Bible. (laughs) Yeah. And he, he did contradict man's law. You're right. He he was not going to contradict. He can't contradict God's law, right? right? Because he's God incarnate. You know, you and I have done a whole thing on Romans 14 before, but I was reminded of that first for the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy spirit. We, when we're doing this, when that language is what it is, it has made it about food again. Mm -hmm. It has made it about food. It has elevated certain foods to such a pharisaical kind of highest, this, this, this food wants to control me and I need to control it. And I can do that by um, employing scripture. This is so fascinating. I can't remember if I've read this before on here. I won't read it all. But when we, I think I, I, I had told you that when we, we were cleaning out the farmhouse, you know, and my mom had a box for all of us. And I had this, 
I was going through it and I th- thought about dumping it all really quickly, but <laughs> I got, you know, enamored <laughs> with some of the things. <laughs> And I found this tiny little paper with a rainbow on it. It's mm-hmm. this little paper. And I, this, this was the beginning of my eating disorder journey. And on one side, I said, when I eat, I feel full and fat and sad and un- and sinful mm-hmm. and lazy and hopeless and vain. This is, this is the language that I wrote. But when I don't eat, I feel hungry and happy and energetic and hopeful and excited. Right. This is language. And on the back, it's all scripture. Mm -hmm. I reinforced that my goal was to not eat. So words like, if you believe you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer, that was to not eat and have a thin body, commit to the Lord, whatever you do in your plans will succeed. That was my food rules. Um, Cease striving. Know that I am God. Do not be anxious anything, but in everything, present your request by prayer and petition. And I'm, I'm genuinely writing God help me to not eat. Mm-hmm. The the scripture here was to reinforce, and I quickly went into full blown anorexia. Scripture, mm-hmm. right? My right. misuse of scripture right. was to say I'm honoring God because yeah. if I feel this way when I eat, right, then I must be glorifying God if I if I don't eat. And mm-hmm. I use scripture, and I think that's in part why I'm so sensitive to us using scripture to reinforce disordered eating. Mm -hmm. It's, it's again, as I'll say, damaging, um, you know, confusing at best, but damaging at worst in that it can be so triggering for somebody in recovery. It can be so triggering for women who are, who are starting to be curious about, wait, is there life outside of dieting? And, oh no, this person who I respect is saying, no, you can do it. It's temptation from the enemy Mm -hmm. to not be dieting. What? That sounds crazy, right? Right. Right. That sounds crazy. I, yeah, I just, oh Lord, teach us. We want more of you. So, so, I mean, Amy, what's the, like, what's the answer? What's the solution? I mean, cause I, I feel like, so my gut response would be the solution is we actually have to be, um, better theologians. And I don't mean mm, that to be like, yeah. like a super lofty thing. I just mean that we have to treat God's word as God's word, not a dieting manual, not a, I've said, I've said this in books, like God's word is not a self-esteem manual. It's like, it's not about like to read scripture and think it's about me, like, and, you know, to pick a verse out of context (laughs) and and say, this is about me and my plans Yeah, is to miss the whole, like the whole, the with God experience, which right. doesn't yeah. just happen in a silo. It happens right. in community. Right. It happens. You know, I have, I've shared with you before some of the testimonies from some women who, um, this sweet mom who is just epic. And the first time she went to Disney world after she was getting free and she had lived in a pseudo dieting state her whole, yeah. from teenage years to being 40 yeah. pseudo dieting state teenage and on and off dieting. And was following God's plan when she was dieting and, and had it reinforced from Bible studies in her church and all that. Mm-hmm. And the first time that she first, what she did was she um, had to surrender her ideal, perfect body. Mm-hmm. She had to say, Lord, that is what I'm really surrendering more than food rules, more than sugar, more than right. you know these things. I'm surrendering my version of a perfect body. Right. And, th- and that's really where we start. It's like, how right. do I surrender this, this ideal quote unquote, which mm-hmm. is culturally uh, referenced body. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, her weight 
in the recovery process shifted not so much, just mm-hmm. a little bit, right? But she texted from um, Disney World to say, never, ever, ever have I been, have I been able to say, you know, when my husband said, where should we eat? Sure, wherever, you know, yeah. she said it always had to fit. My family's plans had to fit into what my current diet was. And she said, I couldn't enjoy what anyone else was tasting. Mm-hmm. And I had dieted so much to get there to whatever that vacation was. She said, my husband keeps looking at me like I have three heads because he's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, you're with us? Can trust it, right? Yeah. He's like, you're with us. You're yeah. with us. You're with us. And, and she just over and over and over her stories would come in of, oh my word. Like I, I mean, she's just like, what in the world? What in the world? And her experience was reinforced by and she would try to find Christian authors to reinforce it. She would try to find Christian posts because it's like, I need God to help me get to my goal, which yeah. is what you're saying. I do think it's not, it's not um, wrong to say we need to be better theologians. Um, and we certainly need to not uh, sort of cherry pick our scripture to support our current goals. But the other thing we need to do is fall in love with Jesus. Mm. Because when you and I are living life with Jesus, he, he is the lover of our soul. He is so desiring that we are experiencing goodness of the Lord in the land of the yeah. living. He yeah. wants us to know what it's like to not live distracted and occupied. And, and sometimes our bodies are absolutely in a full-blown eating disorder, our mind, body, and spirit. And I'm, I'm encouraging you to get help. Mm-hmm. This isn't to say, wow, let it all go. And you know, you're good. Most of what you we described in the things that we've that you and I have been reading is some level of dis, distorted or disordered eating, mm. and that requires some guidance. Often, it requires yeah. um, some encouraging and some help. And some, you know, this sweet the mom that I referenced at the beginning. I, I can't. The, her freedom. She said she's so quiet. She's so creative and artistic, and and just so lovely. And she said, "I want the whole world to know." Mm. And she said, I, "I'm even." Like, could I start a Bible study? And she goes, but I don't even know how to articulate it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to say, you don't have to live like this anymore. Right. That's a big deal. Right. That's it a is, big deal. It is a big deal. And and I think it is heresy in the church, <laughs> right? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, if you say something like that, I think a lot of Christians are going to be like, what? Yeah, what? You know, what you talk about? <laughs> like, like, you know, you want to be a glutton? Is that what you want to be? Like, yeah, like, actually, that is the thing. That is the response. Freedom well, with food equals gluttony. Yeah. Or letting yourself go or not caring about your right. health or right. boy, these things are. So here's the other thing that you and I, um, and I, 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 I know we want to get to some of the other quotes, but something that you and I have talked about in the past that there may be a season where the Lord calls you to give something up. Now that, that may be social media. It might be, um, but, or it might be alcohol or it might be your $7 coffees. Those, the right. That, that is honestly, in a sense, if we're walking closely with Jesus, if we're, if we're also caring about the poor, which Mm -hmm. Jesus talked a lot about, if we're, if we're also caring about the person that makes my food, that the, 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 the my brother-in-law is now a chaplain in, at a chicken farm and, and his, uh, right. These people are working round the clock 
to pluck the feathers from our chickens so that they get packaged quickly and into our grocery store so that I can have ah, chicken breast that I may or may not throw away if there's extra or I may Mm -hmm. store it and have it later. If I'm caring more about if I'm getting enough protein, then I care about the person that's doing that, Mm -hmm. that that's working late nights to make ends meet. Then there's, we've, 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 we're, we're off. Our theology is off. Lord, we just confess that we confess that so often those goals are to reinforce a version of ourselves that only gets cheered on by the world. It's, it's, it's yay. Good job from the world rather than wait, Lord, what are the things that you care about? (laughs) Things that you care about. Right. Glory. It's glory. I mean, this is, I'm, this is my story. (laughs) I'm not, some may or may not relate to it, but it was about glory for me. Yeah. Right. I cared about my food intake and I needed Jesus to come along. Right. I needed the, my like mistaken version of self-control and like really all those scriptures you use. I'm sure I use them somewhere too. I'm sure you did. And disordered eating, <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't count for you the number of times I like would pray like that just zap me skinny. You yeah. Know, please yeah, just help, help me help wake me. up. Like, you know, you are the God who answers prayer. You yeah. know, if I knock and seek, you will answer. <laughs> you know, right. Yes. Like I'm seeking you first, God and seeking yeah. skinny second. Although it's a little confusing <laughs> as to whether or not that's the actual order, but that's what I'm going to say. It is. Oh Um, man. Yes. Like all of those things. Thinking how, um, so often that what we're saying is, okay. Oh, okay. So that's not how I should approach it. So tell me how I should approach it so Mm -hmm. that I can X, Y, and Z. Right. Because, and so the first thing is God, how do we lay out our desires because mm. you have created us with desire. Yeah. You have created us. We are distracted. And sometimes our bodies are carrying, I'm just going to say a lot of maybe extra weight. I'm going to use that language, even though I want to be really cautious to use it. In other words, um, you know, maybe we're chronically binging and it was true for my experience. I went from anorexia to bulimia, to binging to orthorexia. It was like, I was going to hit all the high points, um, in my own experience, well-rounded experience, <laughs> well-rounded experience so that I could sit in here with uh, confidence as I talk. Um, <clears throat> but so my body, when I was binging, I, I was heavier and than I am now, let's say, and that was very distracting for me. Mm-hmm. So and binging was not a way to get what I needed. I was, I was misunderstanding my relationship with food. I had a huge triggers and it was usually triggered by restricting. So I had a very strong restrict binge cycle, um, which told my body, Hey, we got to store this food. She's going to fast. We had a, a very feast famine. So it isn't to say that any, you've not like weight loss as a result of healing our relationship with body and food is neither, I mean, it's awesome. Great. Right. Mm -hmm. So it isn't to say anyone who desires for their, to get freedom in their eating is doing something wrong. Right. We're saying that our, um, end goal. And as I've said in here, Greg Boyd says to what end and to whose glory, to what end, um, well, to get well, right. To get well, to what end I want to get well, I want to get well, not skinny. Those are two different ends. Yeah. Those are two different end goals and to whose glory. Right. 
our, I know you and I's confession for most of our life as it related to food and body our especially our young life would have been to my own glory. Like you said, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just, we're going to wrap this episode up, but just, <clears throat> I don't know if this is a fast question, <laughs> no, but, but, but physiologically speaking, right? Like I know my experience and I know the experience of the women that I work with every week. It doesn't feel like it was possible for me or is possible for most people I encounter mm-hmm. to chase Jesus and chase weight loss at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, that is not to say that, like you just said, the caveat of when you heal your relationship with food, there may be weight loss associated with that, yeah. right? But that's a different thing than I am chasing it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is my thing because I feel like, and I think it's because physiologically we mess with our needs, right? Yeah. Via restriction or, or whatever, yeah. right? We're messing with our needs to a certain point where, that primal instinct (laughs) takes over, right? If you're hungry all day, it's really hard to think about loving other people. Well, Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, like, oh my goodness. Like when I'm hungry and when I've been hangry, when I've been dieting hangry, like I am not nice mom. Yeah. No. In the evening after dieting no. all day, right? No. I'm not a great loving wife no. after that. I mean, I I kind of flippantly put this in my book that's coming out in December, but it's like I really think that giving up dieting has made me a better like it's improved on yeah. more to improve my marriage than any marriage seminar you yes. could have ever done. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't know. So I mean, that's kind of a, a ball of jumbled thoughts there, but, but final thoughts as we close up this episode. Yep. I'll give you an example of a, uh, a woman that you and I both know who, um, in her desire to get well after more than 20 years of dieting and is a believer and has been a believer. She would say that her relationship with the Lord and her understanding of God and scripture and her part in it is a life for the first time. Mm. She she would say that I was doing God and, and now I'm doing God and my life flows from that. Yeah. And that is even what we're describing. It isn't, it isn't a goal in and of itself. It's not to say, well, we're going to switch goals. It's, it's a natural consequence of living life with God and letting go of the time and energy and space that, that we were, that we were dedicating to that. And so she she'll come with scripture insight or say, this is, I mean, and she's healing her relationship with movement and, and food and, and her daughter is like, wow, you're not the same person, you know, her adult daughter. Praise the Lord. Yeah. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, Amy, thanks so much for being here. We are going to, we, we got through like what half of one thing. <laughs> Stay tuned for episode seven. Stay tuned. <laughs> no, um, so we're going to come back and we're going to try to hit some of these other quotes that we've been collecting. Thank you awesome. for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing. It's our living. Bye-bye.
Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.